Hey, welcome to the Unbeaten Path, people. This is Craig, and uh, today I have the infamous car from Timeline Earth and The Signal. Great podcaster, great guy to listen to. I also have Garrett from Making America Garrett again, a podcaster, which I really enjoy. Uh, hasn't been doing a whole lot lately, but uh, hopefully we can get him going. So, And of course, I've got the not so famous typo and he's on here and he has got a shit ton of podcasts out there. So check him out at biting the bullet. And he's also got a solo one. If you guys want to check that out too. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show and tell you what, I want you guys to go to anchor.com or excuse me, anchor.fm and go and uh, leave me some comments or you can leave comments on Spotify or whatever, or you can actually leave me comments um, at path underscore unbeaten on Twitter. Uh, you can also email me at K-R-A-I-G-B 435 at gmail.com. Check it out. We will talk to y'all later. Be careful. Bye. I'm not strange. Weird. I'm not strange off, nor crazy. Weird. I'm not strange. My reality is just different than yours. If you believe in me, I'll believe in you. Is that a bargain? Hello, everybody. This is Craig from The Unbeaten Path. So, um, Basically, on this podcast, I was I was really hoping to talk to you guys just about what's been going on lately, um, and uh, hopefully uh, discuss uh, uh, Childerberg a bit here. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, because I am I am really psyched to get going. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna break out my Captain Morgan's on this one today. But, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I left it upstairs. So there, and I just broke my glasses. So that's awesome. <laughs> So what's uh what's going on with you guys, Garrett? What's going on with you, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. I, I did listen to your podcast, just uh, your last one, uh, recently, and I was like, man, that's that's you know that's right on time. And uh, I didn't realize it was it was done quite a bit ago. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I um was uh, having some some just job troubles, just trying to figure out uh, the best the best job for me and to be able to work it, work the podcast and have the time and energy to kind of do it. And, uh, just kind of learning how to deal with some anxiety and depression that I was going through just personally too. So, uh, that combined with my job was just a really bad situation and, um, got out into another job and, um, this job is much better, but it's, uh, been hard to get into kind of a rhythm of, of staying busy and staying at work on the podcast. And oh, so awesome. yeah, had really gotten out of the habit of it and um, was kind of getting down to the, the point where it was like, look, you know, I just need to either cancel the thing or, or get it going again and, and, you know, get some work done. And uh, I felt like hopefully I still had some, some things to offer uh, yeah. to the, to the Twitter verse and to the world. And, um, so I just kind of had really made that decision within the last day or two. And then you messaged me and said, Hey, you know, would you want to come on again? And I thought, man, like, uh, you know, it's, it's meant to be, uh, serendipitous. To so yeah, serendipitous, man. Oh, so yeah, I was really excited that you reached out to me and excited to be back and, uh, hopefully can get my podcast going again as well. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, cool. Car, what have you been up to? I haven't talked to you in forever. Yeah, no, it's been a minute, man. Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, just working, playing, stacking, holding. That's about it. 
Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no real complaints. Uh, the only complaint I have is about all the wind down here in Texas for the last like month and a half. No kidding. I'm, t- oh, I I'm tired of it. Oh, I haven't even haven't seen anything. So yeah, I'm yeah just, it's been windy forever. We got we got some pretty decent winds. I got a couple trees down in my yard, just so I got to cut up. Yeah, eventually, if I ever can get that deadbeat typo to get working. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So what's up? Okay. Car. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you, right? What's that? What the fuck is up with Bitcoin, man? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm loving it, man. Uh, I, it's, it, it's at 40 right now. So yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, fucking God. Yeah. Hopefully it tanks to half of that tomorrow. It'd be a dream come true for me. Okay. You want to elaborate a little bit on that, please? Yeah. Okay. So, like <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so what, 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 you got any projections that you're thinking about or no, just hoping for it to tank. That's it. Same as every day. Oh, okay. But if it, if it, if it goes down, won't you lose money in a sense? No, I'll still have the same amount of Bitcoin, but well, I'll actually true. have more. Well, right, right, right. Okay. So I'll have more money. I'm waiting for OPEC to to jump on board with this. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I, I suspect at some point they will. Yeah, uh, in some form or another, probably not formally or uh, or you know by edict or by by statute, but yeah, I bet they will. I, I, I and you know I figure with the Russian thing and everything, you know, Russians started really kind of leaning towards Bitcoin and you know because they're you know in this war, I guess, with the Ukraine, but. Uh, yeah i mean a lot of a lot of global actors are you know it just provides uh it it provides exactly what is needed in this current macro climate which is uh which is really interesting to see so um yeah it's 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 been quietly a really big year i think uh well the american sanctions of russian uh foreign exchange reserves is going to be a we'll look back and that'll be a huge huge deal good 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 yeah i'm still running my node and my um uh what is it umbrella 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 yeah 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 still running that i've only made maybe uh 1300 satori's maybe maybe 13 no thirteen thousand is what it was last time i oh okay yeah i got on it so and then and you Sweet. know what it's it's mainly from gamers What's that? gamers yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're uh... going through this gaming uh gaming uh node or channel or whatever and uh i guess they they play with bitcoin you know for their you know virtual world i don't i, I don't know what the hell they're doing i don't care as long as they send it through me it's fine <laughs> yeah no doubt uh, okay so gary do you play any bitcoin uh, I do a little bit, trying to understand it a little more every day. I would love to get to the point where I'm kind of mining it or, you know, whatever you're talking about, where you've got an umbrella up and it's it's causing you to collect money. I would, I would love to get into that, but I'm definitely into the speculating part of it and trying to um, just stay ahead of the curve a little bit. And, you know, when it takes off, I want to be there. But now on one of the recent, well, not recent, but uh, on past podcasts from Carr, uh, had actually really kind of told me about raspberry pi and you set up this little you know external hard drive with it and you operate it and you set up umbral and uh, lightning and uh, i've got my blue wallet attached to it the whole nine yards so basically i put up like a couple million satori's and 
you put them in channels and people will actually use correct me if I'm wrong car people will actually send money through this node because I've got a connection with somebody else that they that they're trading to mm-hmm. and then actually I get, I get I earn a fee for that for for me being connected with this person is that nice? yeah yeah, yeah that, that that's more or less it uh yeah and that's all happening on a second layer above the base layer of bitcoin so that's on the lightning network uh so those are not actually those transactions are not actually being actively well a they're not being actively publicized to the, to the ledger and they're not uh being mined into the the ledger so um it's all it's like a system of kind of like ious in uh, that's overly simplistic but uh it's a way of transferring value. And then at some point you can, you can settle out to the main chain if you, if you feel you need to. Oh, nice. <laughs> so does, do you need like a big GPU to do that? Or does it take a lot of electricity no, no, or no. anything like that? No, I, I uh, have, I mean, you can run it on an old laptop or raspberry Pi or anything like that. Nice. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. I picked up, um, damn, I don't even remember now. It's like a, I've got way too much on an external hard drive. I think it's like a 14 terabyte. I'd actually have to really get back into it and look, but I mean, I've got a lot of memory. I just don't have any sats to really get, get involved that deep mm-hmm. with it. So, but uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, it's, it, it took me a minute to kind of get my to mind around to, to understand what I kind of in a really kind of like kindergartner way to understand how this works and to get it set up and and operating and then i freaked out because i forgot my password and mm-hmm. <laughs> on on one of my one of my things and i'm like oh my god you know and it's like you've got three times left and i'm like no but uh, it, it it's something separate it's not you know like the 24 word you know passcode that you've got right. it's it's something that i've set up so I figured it out. I, I remember now what it is. And it's like, holy smokes. I mean, I was, I was, I was almost ready to cry, you know, <laughs> but okay. Main thing, Chilberg car. I've never been Garrett. I hope you come. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's uh, it's only a month away. I'm really stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, okay. So you want to give us like uh, a little bit of uh, a recon on it, uh, you know, to, yeah, sure. Of- Okay. So what's going to happen? Yeah. What's, uh, what's, uh, what's it looking like? And, uh, you know, well, first of all, I'd, I'd recommend everybody go to childerberg.com, uh, and follow at childerberg on Twitter. Uh, it's my buddy Jake that runs the, the, uh, whole thing and runs the website and the Twitter profile and you'll find all kinds of information there. He's got a newsletter. He doesn't like spam at all. I, in fact, if anything, I think you should send out more newsletters. Um, but, right. uh, it will keep you up to date on all the latest info. But uh, basically, it's a it's it's just kind of like a peace and freedom festival down in Texas because there wasn't one or not a big one before. So we started this. Uh, I guess this is Childerberg four. So this will be the fourth one. So we started back in I guess eighteen. Okay. Uh, and it's just a big camping event. Uh, there there's going to be some stand up comedy. There's going to be uh, I believe some music. Um, and uh, it's just a it's just a fun chance to meet a bunch of people in, uh, in you know the beautiful hill country of Texas, and hang out and camp and swim and drink beers and all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, it's it's a it's a blast. Uh, typo came last year. We were hang, I hung out with him quite a bit. Good, good. 
Yeah. Now there, there was something I, I remember you guys talking about the, some sort of burger. Is it, I can't remember the name of it. Save my life right now. Oh yeah. The, uh, the <sighs> fat, the fat conkin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah oh. Somebody invented the fat conkin. I can't remember. I can't do, I wouldn't do it justice. I can't remember exactly what's on it. I think I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, we made a special uh, type of burger. So they were growing those up. Um, uh, cook shanty, which, uh, Twitter profile, uh, that he came down and, uh, and they set up a huge cooking operation, which was a lot of fun. Um, and started making up fat conkins on Saturday night, which was hit the spot. Wow, man. Now that had, what did they have like peanut butter and caramelized onion and something like that bananas yeah. or so I, I don't even remember. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was like, I've definitely got to get down there and try one at least. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So if, if, if uh, yeah, cook Shandy's listening, I, I dibs on one. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Set the price and let's go. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, okay. What's uh, what's Chris Rock going to be there. I'm hoping. I don't, I don't know. If Chris uh, yeah, I don't know who else. I mean, it, you know, it's year after year, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, you know, in 18, I think we had about 20 of us, maybe 30, eh, maybe, oh, wow. maybe 35. Something. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then in the next year, let's see, 19, did we start it in 18? Maybe we started it in 19. Uh, but yeah, cause I think the next year was, was COVID, which we wow. still hosted it. Um, and people came out and it was awesome because I think everybody was looking for a little bit of a reprieve from the COVID insanity, especially in May of 2020. Uh, but it did cut down on numbers. Um, and then last year was Childerberg three and it like exploded. I de- we had definitely more than 200 people. Um, so there's like two options. You can come and stay, you can, you can camp with everybody or you can stay in an Airbnb nearby. Um, or a lot of people that are that live in Central Texas came by or, or in the areas around came by and just checked out the, the comedy show and the music and hung out at the distillery that we were ha- having it at. No, but among man. but between everybody else, I mean, I think we had over 200 people and I suspect we're going to have quite a bit more than that. Jake uh, rented out the entire campsite this year. So, oh, wow. OK. All right. Yeah. Now, Typho is supposed to be getting our campsite. So and I guess we're we're going to like we're talking about uh, doing getting a few extra campsites and like for vets uh, oh, cool. to, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, to go in there to tie because I, I, I keep asking him, I'm like, so what are we doing with this? You know, do you, do you want money? What, you know, what's going on? I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So, <laughs> well, we'll yeah. And, and ba- Jake basically operates this at, at with no profit or no, I don't even think he takes a profit. He basically covers his expenses and then, um, and then sends the rest of free Ross, uh, right. uh, uh, you know, organization. So, um, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, Jake's just awesome. Like he's just really good at organizing this and he's, uh, really, you know, uh, competent at it. So um, okay. I'm sure he's got it whole, taken care of. Cool. So, uh, I mean, um, I mean, do we know anybody that's uh, that, that could possibly be there? I know Tyler was talking about, uh, or Typo was talking about, uh, damn, who was it that was supposed to be there last year and apparently could not make it at the last minute? I want to say Michael Malice. Is that right? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was telling me somebody was supposed to show up and, you know, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's, it, I mean, I, you know, obviously all are welcome. It's never the the whole the 
kind of the point of the thing is to just have a a, a big camping trip without uh the to-do of like a pork fest or something like that where you have speakers and you know that sort of things just like come hang out right um and you know some people you know there, there were some relatively well-known uh libertarians that came out uh last year which was which was super fun um but you know our position is come on come all and you know you're not going to get a a microphone and a platform just just because you're a bigger account or something like right, that right right yeah no, i i had uh uh, a nomad here i guess he's uh traveling around the country he's pretty heavy into the libertarian party as well um but we were talking about that uh he was he's gonna try to get out he's not sure about his plans uh or his actually like you know family plans uh they're there he was in minnesota just recently if that makes any sense um anthony uh oh, god bless it i can't wealthy w-e-l-t-i he uh he was uh the tour manager for uh god bless it man i am drawing a blank today uh not joe jorgensen but the uh guy running for vice president in Spike Cohen. yeah or yeah i think so. yes yes he was uh he was going to be the uh he was his tour manager not campaign manager but he took care of all the the touring stuff and uh yeah he went up and minnesota just had a a huge libertarian party that they were uh, hosting up there. He went up there and flew up there and, and took care of whatever he needed to take care of. And he was back down in Florida and then he was there heading in their camper to take off cross country. And, oh, and cool. yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping he gets the style. I'd like to meet him in person. He sounded like a really neat dude. He does homeschooling for his kids or kid. Cool. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that on the podcast where, you know, he, he one of the things he was going to teach him is how to cut up a chicken, cool. a whole chicken. I mean, if you think about it, how many, I mean, you know, typo, I failed him in this. I mean, he can barely make ramen, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this kid, I mean, he's, I don't even know, eight, nine years old or whatever, but he's going to learn how to carve up a chicken, how to, how to, you know, prepare it to cook you know, and, uh, without destroying a lot of the meat and stuff. So I thought that was a really, you know, they don't teach that kind of crap in school. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he, I'm hoping he's going to be there. Um, what about, uh, what about bird is uh bird coming? Yeah. I believe bird's coming. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, yeah. uh, Rollo is that right? God, yep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he's going to be All there. All right. I haven't, I haven't had a chance. I started working for a, um, uh, a tax company. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the McDonald's of taxes. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, so my time was like from January till, well, the 18th, it was like jam packed with, you know, people that don't work and don't pay taxes, but get 10 to $15,000 back, you know, during tax season. So and I was a guy on the computer behind that. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm really lacking on trying to keep up with everything and everybody. So that's what car, I wanted to really get you on here and, and kind of find out where you guys are going to, you know, going to be, I haven't, and I'm going to be honest, I, I haven't listened to a, any podcast probably you know, since, uh, since yours, Garrett, since I listened to yours. So I'm, I'm so sad. Right. But, uh, 
Garrett, are you are you planning on jumping down or in? Um, not this year. I've got some things I've got to take care of, some uh, kind of charity type projects that I'm working on uh, around the house that I've got uh, to get a lot of things set up for that. So this spring and summer is pretty well booked up for me, but I'm hoping that uh, as the podcast gets up and running again, and as I can kind of get out and talk to more people again, I'm definitely going to be following along and, and cheering them on from home and um, excited to see where it goes. And hopefully I can make it out next year. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So what, what, uh, if you don't mind, what kind of like the little projects you're working on? Um, I can't get too specific, but it's uh, just helping kids, helping kids in need um, oh, okay. that are kind of involved in, uh, you know, the foster care system and that kind of thing. Um, kind of going through learning how all of that works, learning how um, just you know, how a lot of the process goes, how a lot of the court hearings go and that kind of thing, and just kind of learning more um, and, and trying to hopefully, you know, do my part to, to do some good in that because there are uh, plenty of kids who need help and uh, plenty of, of parents who need help as well in that kind of area. And um, the more I learn about it, the more I realize that the parents really do need help too. And that uh, they've kind of fo changed the focus, at least in my state, um, from taking kids away and, and putting them in different homes to trying to reunite these families, if at all possible. And that's been, I think, the biggest thing that has affected me kind of going through and learning how it works and stuff like that is that, um, you know, it's, it's a good thing to save a kid's life. But mm -hmm. I think we all agree, especially being the small government, limited government, no government kind of people. Um, I, I don't want the government involved in, in raising my child or anybody else's child. Right, so right. if you can not just save a child, but save a family and help an adult uh, to get back on their feet, to get clean and sober and all the things that they need to do, and then they can get their kids back and raise their kids, um, that that's almost always going to be a better situation than just ripping the kid out of their hands and throwing them somewhere else, which, well, cool. um, you know, child, child welfare has, has a long history of that kind of stuff where, you know, the, the funding, um, a lot of times it was dependent on how many kids they could take away and how many kids they could medicate, how many kids they could put in a, a foster home or um, an orphanage or those kind of things. And so there were times where government would just run rampant and just take kids away for any excuse that they could possibly make. And uh, it does appear that that's getting better. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, it's tough because I consider myself an anarchist, but at the same time, uh, I think that these are the people who are most in need. And so sometimes if uh, you got to play ball with, with a couple government agencies and a couple private agencies that work with government to do that, then um, at, at this point in, in my life and kind of the, the, the things that are at my disposal, um, that's what I'm going to be able to do. So nice. um, look, looking forward to hopefully making a little bit of a difference in, in some of those kids' lives. Well, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I'll tell you what, man, this, this entire, entire world, if you will, is really going insane. I mean, you know, I, I joke around a lot on my podcast, but you know, it's, I'm not really so sure if I'm joking around anymore. <laughs> We've got a kid here in our town uh, that self now self identifies as a cat. Okay. And I'm thinking, what, why, why are we allowing that? I mean, okay. So you're a cat, you know, I, I can't, I, I, I just don't know where we're going with this. I mean, you know, pretty soon, you know, I, 
you know, there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, you know, the, the kid, you know, started off and at first identified as a girl, as a small child, then uh, as entered into high school, went into uh, identifying as a boy because they're allowing this. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they're, don't get me wrong. I understand about a lot of freedom and, you know, your, your ability to choose. However, biologically speaking, you are one or the other. And I mean, you can't be a cat. I'm sorry. I mean, that I th honestly, I think, I think that there should be some help involved in this and, um, you know, psychological help because it's not right. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it to an extent. I mean, I personally identify as an NFL linebacker and okay. uh, we're trying to go through the, the, the courts and the contracts and dealing with my agent. Cause I've got some <laughs> checks that I'm owed uh, some opportunities that I'm owed in, uh, in the position with me as, as being a, a professional athlete. So oh, okay. those are, you know, the kind of things that I, I deal with and I struggle with and, and that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my, my civil rights on that as well. Well, you know, and, and that's funny because I'm identifying as a young black man. I can so, see that. Right, right. You know, and I'm doing a lot of shit, you know, because <laughs> you, you people get my people down, right? <laughs> um, yeah, nah, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that the times that we're in and, and how fast it's kind of spiraling out of control. And I think that on one hand, I, I think I see that as a good thing because I think that uh, people very quickly are seeing, you know, that uh, kind of dealing with the progressive left, that if you give them an inch, they take a mile. You know, it, it's right. I, I completely understand, you know, if you feel like you're a man in a woman's body or you want to transition or whatever, then, OK, we can deal with that. That's a personal that's a personal yeah. thing. You know, there uh, you know, I, I work with a lady and she goes by her middle name. And we were talking about this and it's like, look, you ask me to call you by your middle name. I can do that. I don't need to be a jerk and insist on calling you by your first name because that's what your mom put on your birth certificate. Right. You know, we can, we can deal with that. But um, when it jumps to, you know, biological men uh, participating in women's sports and oh, yeah. know, completely owning them, um, you know, you got, like you said, you, you know, your kid that identifies as a cat. I think that a lot of these kind of things, the, the left does control a lot of the culture, but they also have really overplayed their hand over the yeah. past couple of years and they've gotten greedy. And, and you've got a lot of people who were moderate Democrats who were just people who, you know, I think that there should be a strong social safety net. You know, I think that, you know, we need moderate gun control, whatever. And then suddenly it's turned into this, you know, I have a civil right to be a cat. And it's pushing a lot of those people further to the right. You know, uh, I don't know if you follow Dave Rubin or not, but, you know, Dave, Dave Rubin was, uh, he's a really good interviewer. Uh, he's, he does great interviews. He's done a lot of great work on abortion and a couple other things. He's got some books out, but he himself was a liberal. He's a gay man. He's married to another man. And, um, but he kind of got pushed into uh, the same space as a lot of people that are further to the right because the left just wouldn't talk with it. And he oh, was asking God. questions that you weren't allowed to ask and uh, pointing out inconsistencies. And, and instead of engaging with him, they just told him that, you know, he was being a, a Nazi or whatever. I think he might be, no, he's not Jewish. He's good friends with Ben Shapiro. He does a lot okay. of kind of back and forth with him. Um, and so obviously with, with him being gay, there are things that they agree and disagree on and that kind of thing, but it's, um, really cool to see him, you know, have those kind of conversations and those kind of experiences. Um, he's worked with Jordan Peterson too. Okay. Um, Jordan Peterson had a really good take on a lot of that as well. Uh, when it comes to identifying as a male or female. Yep. And one of the things right. that he had talked about was that 
most most people when they're kids, um, you know, if you if you've got a boy uh, at some point or another, a lot of times the kid puts on a dress and he says, you know, I'm a girl, you know, and, and sometimes the older sister dresses him up or, you know, they put makeup on him or you know, bows in his hair or whatever. And it's just kind of a thing that they do when they're, you know, they're toddlers or, you know, they're kindergartners or whatever. And he said that what, what's going on there is that that is the process of this person um, kind of growing and trying to figure out what this is because kids that age already know that there are boys and girls. They know that there is a difference between boys and girls, but they don't understand obviously what those differences are biologically or necessarily what they mean in your mental makeup. But to them, uh, a girl is somebody who plays with dolls and wears dresses and likes to put bows in their hair. And a boy is somebody who plays with trucks and only wears pants and, you know, um, likes to play, you know, in the dirt or whatever, those right. kind of things. And so for the kids to be able to play in that way, it, it helps them to explore what it means to them and what this other type of person is to them. So when the, the boy dresses up as a girl and he says, you know, I'm, I'm a girl today or whatever, that it's, it's not necessarily um, that he's having some sort of identity crisis, but that he's kind of trying this part on as, as with girls as he understands it. And so what Dr. Peterson is saying is that we are now getting to generations of kids who have grown up uh, with screens in front of their face all the time, that they've right. grown up without, nearly as much interaction with other kids. Um, obviously that kind of uh, isolates parents from each other as well, all being on computers and on your phones all the time. So there's not as many play dates. And what, what Dr. Jordan Peterson thinks is that those kids have grown up and gotten to the point where they never got to play. They never got to kind of explore or try to understand for themselves what it meant to be uh, a girl or what it meant to be a boy or any of those things. And so those kind of things get repressed and held back and they're just little things that we never addressed. And then suddenly these kids get to the age where, you know, as a teenager and as a, a young adult, part of your upbringing and part of your development is pushing back on, on your parents' generation, pushing back on the things you've been taught, trying to find out what your identity is. And when part of that has never been addressed because you don't know if you're a boy or you don't know if you're a girl, or you don't necessarily know what those things are, then that that play that may have happened a couple of times when they were four or five years old instead it's gotten pushed back to the time that they're 20 years old and a lot of times they're making actual decisions that are changing their bodies for good and uh can can be well, is you know, there, possibly is there, very upsetting right is there uh somebody was telling me that uh kids now at, at like age eight are able to determine if they can have a surgery or not yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's the scariest I mean, thing about yeah. it is that, you know, if, if you're going to jump all in on that, then um, obviously puberty is the time that you want to get in before, you know, that person kind of transforms into an adult male or female. Um, but kids aren't able to make those kind of decisions, you know, and I think that that's what's, what's so scary about it and what's so scary about, um, you know, somebody, I heard somebody say that, you know, if somebody's got a dog and that dog's a vegetarian, it's the owner's choice, not the dog's choice, you know, and that that's their kind of lifestyle. And that it's the same thing with the kids that if you've got a kid who, you know, identifies as a cat or identifies as, as whatever it is, um, you know, this is what the parents are kind of imprinting on them and showing them. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Owen Benjamin. He's a comedian. He was in the, the libertarian kind of space for a while. Uh, he went a little bit overboard on the free speech stuff. He kind of crossed the line from free speech into just hatred and lunacy, I think. But, um, you know, one of the things he said was that he's a piano player and his kid uh, 
looked up to him, you know, and his kid was one or two years old and he would play the piano just like daddy, you know, he'd pound on the keys or whatever, and everybody would clap for him and be excited. And of course his dad's got this, this shining look on him because you know, you're, you're looking up to your dad, you're doing, you're emulating what you see and that, you know, he doesn't know what it means to play the piano. He doesn't know how to play the piano or, you know, whether he's playing right, any good right, or not. He just right. knows that this is what dad does and this is what I'm copying. And that's what it is. And I think that you've got kids in those kind of situations too, where, um, you know, we saw not too long ago, I think it was a couple of years ago that um, there were twins and one of the boys, the, the mom had talked him into identifying as a girl and the, the, you know, the parents were divorced and there was a custody fight. And, you know, the dad was trying to stop that transition from happening. And the mom was obviously trying to keep it going. And, you know, there was all of that stuff about it. And um, like I said, I think that's just kind of where it comes to is that a lot of times we don't have uh, we don't allow kids the time to try to figure those kind of things out, you know, and I think I, I've had friends who have gotten older and they've gone through puberty and they've made a, adult decisions that they wanted to change, uh, you know, their gender or whatever. And, and you know, that's something that they did and they, they seem to be happy with that. And that's fine. Um, but, you know, they're not demanding to be able to participate, you know, in women's sports teams or, um, you know, demanding some kind of special right or special treatment. You know, and oh, I think that's I mean, the, right. Well, it's like, I mean, Bruce Jenner, I mean, you know, really, you know, and then they make him woman of the year, which was insane. Um, Did you hear what, what the deal was with that? They, yes, there was a a kind of a backdoor deal with that, that ESPN is owned by ABC. And so they agreed that uh, ESPN would give him the, the woman of the year, the sports award or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. uh, if ABC had exclusive rights to the first interview with him post- uh, you know, the reveal of him being a woman. So, well, yeah. And has he, Cardi, I don't even know, if, has he had the surgery? I don't think anybody knows. I don't think he's talked about it at all. <laughs> I think it's uh, just, who knows? I mean, Which, like- you know, again, he's never, he or she, they've, Caitlyn Jenner has never asked any special privileges for me. They've never asked me for any money. They've never asked me to do anything special. And so as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. You know, and if right. I, if I met this person and you asked me to call you Caitlin, um, I can live with that. I really can, but I, I don't want to fund it. I don't want you asking for my money. I don't want you talking to my kids about it. Uh, and I don't want you demanding any kind of extra rights on top of anything. That well, see, every I, other human and I, and I think, I think that uh, like what the whole, the whole Jenner deal was that uh, it was, it was all staged. It was, it was absolutely done. Absolutely nothing for anybody other than the kardashians and and his his fame if you will so okay i like to break welcome typo thank you for showing up late and uh uh, so yeah i guess you couldn't get off early huh no okay all right so hey let, let us know too if we're getting an echo because was that an echo i don't hear it okay no, all know. right yeah he's he's uh about on the other end of the house right now but there is an open area right now between where i'm at and he's at so there may be a little yeah little uh feedback or whatever so now what t-shirt do you have on it says uh i don't want to i don't want to talk about it dude oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were just discussing um, your personal uh, beliefs, um, you know, about, you know, what your 
choosing to identify. Uh, Garrett here, he's identifying as an NFL superstar. I'm identifying as a, a young black man. So I don't know where you're going to go. So uh, I don't. I don't know, dude. Oh. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> we did talk about uh, Bitcoin just a little bit, so you're out on that. Uh, okay. Well, I hope only good things. Because, <laughs> well, now, 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 you can stop telling me all your complaints about Bitcoin. You got car here. Finally. I know. I know. Right. I, I tried to bait him a little bit. And nothing. He's like, ah, oh, just hope it crashes. I'm like, whoa, don't. <laughs> Uh, but i mean yeah it's now now do you believe car in the uh, double down theory i guess is what is that double down basically is a stock is going down when it hits a certain level you buy exactly your uh oh. the, yeah you just I don't, keep doubling. i don't really i, I don't I, I don't really have any like cat like dollars it's all bitcoin so it doesn't really matter except that if it were to crash on like a day that I get paid, right? Before, you know, I just convert anytime I get paid. So, oh, I see, I see. Okay, well, that's a, yeah. And then we did talk about Childerberg a little too, Tyler, or a tape or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we did talk about that. So, um, and we you were gonna get the campsites, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I already bought our tickets, and oh, we're already going to be. Yeah, I already okay. talked to Jacob and everything. So okay, All we're right, good, dude. Good. Okay, all right. Um, did we get any for the vets? No, I told you this. I thought we were doing this. <laughs> no, I, dude, I told you this. I said we talked about it in a group chat with an idea we had, but we decided against it because it was just too much. And I oh. told you that multiple times. And you keep telling people, it's like, oh, you're going to buy stuff for the vets? Like, well, we thought about it. Well, we decided against it. Now you're making me look bad. Uh, who, deci- who decided? Who did this? Uh, I'm not naming people, dude. I don't do that. I decided. <laughs> you decided. That's what I kind decided. of figured. The United uh, we didn't want any, Yeah, we didn't want any uh, smelly homeless people around. So I told them we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we talked about, about the cat person here, um, you know, in our little area. We have so, a cat person, dude? In high school, man, the one that's identifying as a cat. Wait, that's real? I thought mom was joking. No, dude, that's <laughs> serious, man. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. crazy. In our town, dude, we've lost, dude. Yep. We've completely lost. Yep. Yep. Oh, sorry about that. All right. Well, tell you what, do me a favor. You guys go ahead and talk for a couple minutes. I've got to run upstairs. Okay. I do. Right, I, I really have to. I'm, I'm going to, um, actually, I'm going to get my bottle. I'll be right back down. Okay. Hang on. All right. You guys go ahead and talk. Okay. Thanks. Get uh, Garrett, ty- typo, typo, Garrett. I, were you guys on each other's podcast there for a minute? No, I've heard a lot about typo, but I've never actually met him. Okay. Okay. I thought, I thought you guys had actually linked up at one time all right That's i'll funny, be right because i've heard a lot about you garrett but mainly because of my father oh, he well, talks about yeah. you yeah. hopefully hopefully mostly good things not all good things but most of them i hope well mostly good things for you uh mostly bad things about car but typically yeah yeah because anytime right. dude anytime there's like some sort of stock market change in bitcoin my dad's like it's over. We lost. And he, <laughs> he's just immediately doomer, dude. And I'm like, yo, chill out. 
It's going to bounce gotta, back. Yeah, you got to break through that and just become dead inside and, and not care at all. And just <laughs> yeah, accumulate. Yeah. Once I started well, doing like that, a, man, my, san- my sanity returned. It was just like, yeah, I just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, that's why I said on Twitter. I was like, well, we'll either all be rich together or all be in debt yeah. together. So yeah, exactly. One way, either we're way. all together, boys. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll be we'll basically be the tribe that's just trading seashells among each other and we'll just have to take each other's word for it yeah so yeah but uh what t- what day are you going down in childerberg typo friday saturday um i think we're probably going to show up saturday this okay. i think that's when we showed up last time when did we show up on friday no i think it was saturday uh, last year yeah i got there saturday i was gonna go down friday but then everybody was posting videos of that like horrific rainstorm and i was like ah, I'm not gonna do that. Nah, I'm gonna yeah yeah tonight. yeah might, <laughs> might as well dude i we well when we were we were driving there we drove overnight because it was like an 18 hour drive or some shit like that yeah. and uh and that's what we saw like a bunch of pictures of like this storm and i was like yeah. and then like we're all in the car like we could turn around right now it ended up being pretty nice the rest of the weekend i think we had that one freak storm where we were all huddled under the tarp there but other than that i think it was pretty nice yeah it was it actually was like a really good weekend and yeah, that one storm's the only time I could think of. And it was it was like what 15 minutes by the time we yeah. all got huddled up underneath, it was like over. Yeah, it's pretty much done. Yeah. So yeah, man. I'm but, looking uh, forward to it. I can't believe that's only a month away, really. Maybe a month and a week. Yeah, if, it feels crazy that it's been a year. Is this one gonna be bigger? I mean, I don't know if yeah. you have any details. Really? Yeah, oh, I mean uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we so last year I think we estimated two hundred people about would you say that's reasonably accurate um yeah I, sure. I, I felt like that was a pretty good estimation and uh at that point i think i don't remember how many campsites we had but we didn't have the whole place this time and you were there jake rent, rent out the entire place all, all the way up and down and he's oh, sold, wow. yeah he's sold uh i think the last time i checked in with him i think he sold 175 or 180 campsites so Holy that's campsites shit, yeah yeah <laughs> So it, it's going to be, I, I I mean, provided there's no hiccups, last minute hiccups with like insane weather or, uh, you know, God forbid some sort of like COVID fiasco again or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it'll be a big breakout year. When, when did this start? Like when did Childerberg, like when the first one happened? I think it was 19. Dude, I think it was, really? That's yeah, so this crazy. is the fourth one. So does that make sense? Is that the right math? Yeah. Or yeah, 19, 2020. Yep. Maybe 18. Yeah. So no, I think it's 2019 because 19 was Childerberg one, 20 was Childerberg two. Yeah. Right? And that was the one that got a uh, COVID kind of like reduced the numbers, although we still had it. And then Childerberg three was last year. That's right. The fourth, so yeah. Dude, it's so crazy because yeah, like Childerberg one and two are probably going to be nothing like four, if that makes right, sense. Right. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. One and two were basically like, twitter in group like it was you know 30 or 40 mm-hmm. i think we had 30 or 35 people in childerberg one which was all just in group like tight in group and then childerberg two obviously the numbers got cut down because of covid but it was still pretty in group i mean maybe 40 or 50 people showed up at that and then you know last year was pretty big and then you know yeah. last year it was funny last year there was people that didn't have like I, th- I thought this was kind of funny there were people that uh didn't have twitter 
and like had no idea who a lot yeah. of like Twitter personalities were. I was like, man, that is so bizarre and like cool yeah. that it had spread organically, you know, across. Yeah, dude, it was kind of weird because you know what the, what I expected was like the Twitter in group people, like mm-hmm. that, like the people in the community that you just kind of know on Twitter. And yeah. then like some dude from Young Americans for Liberty was there. It was like talking about, it, and I was like, "Whoa, you're not whoa. who I expect to be at this yeah. type of event." And, like that's cool and all, but like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. And it's so that's funny cool. too that how much it's picked up, and it like kind of. I mean, I don't know if this is why it started, <laughs> but you guys always threw it out there. It was like this is the like anti-libertarian party thing, isn't yeah, that? Yeah. Did, is that why kind you guys of. started? Was it kind of like a joke? No, no, it's, you just carried it's not, on about that for a while. It's not why we started it, but uh, oh, okay. When I think at Shoulderberg, well, it's not explicitly why we started it, but I think at Shoulderberg, actually, it wasn't even necessarily in opposition to the Libertarian Party, although neither me nor Jake are, are a part of the Libertarian Party or have anything to do with it. Oh, but, okay. Um, yeah, we, we, the at Shoulderberg, I think it was one, or maybe it was Shoulderberg two, I can't remember, but uh, I guess it was, well, in any case, it, the Libertarian Party's national convention was going to be in austin just down the street and so we that's right did, we put it on the same weekend so that people could could bus from the party you know convention over and hang out oh, with us and bus back or whatever yeah and it wasn't necessarily in opposition at all it was, it was just uh hey it's this honestly dude you guys probably like joked about it on a couple of your podcasts and i took it literally <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh man well yeah neither but, me nor jake are particularly thrilled thrilled with the libertarian party so that probably uh it, it definitely yeah. probably could have come off like that <laughs> yeah well, that, well that's how i like took at least when i first maybe i don't know maybe i came in late to the party because yeah. like for your guys's podcast it took me a while to get into it because like the first like four there was so many like inside jokes that i was like i know I that's what everybody no says yeah <laughs> what <laughs> they're talking says. about dude and then i because jared kept talking about you guys and i was like dude i can't i was like i just don't know what's going on do i feel dumb listening to them and then he's like but you have to understand and then once you get it you get it and i'm like okay now i know what the fuck they're talking about when they say like road toad or like whatever you guys yeah, talk about yeah. <laughs> okay what's road toad uh i don't even remember how it started no, just like no, a no cryptid that we made yeah. up like i i don't even that's the thing it's like i don't even remember our it's so old now like, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man <sighs> uh, uh craig i'm gonna i'm gonna have to drop here in a little bit so yeah i, I, I naturally I, I, rather than uh right i uh, abruptly interrupting the podcast but, hey uh, seriously i appreciate you coming on just just for a couple minutes kind of give me some insight sure. on what i can expect at uh at uh, at Childerberg and you know kind of hopefully maybe maybe the three listeners that I have left um you know will actually show up so <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be a lot of fun thanks for having me yeah. on hey, and man. uh one thing one thing I would mention is uh yes. if you have the ability to bring a bike I think that would be a really Ooh. good thing to have at Childerberg because awesome. Saipa was there last year it's a super long campsite so it's like it takes it's not that bad but it's like what would you say type of like 15 minutes well in the campsites that we had rented out last year it's probably 15 minutes end to end walking and then with with jake having the whole place dude i bet it's i bet it's i don't know how far up the river it went because i never really went around that corner where we were hanging out but uh it i mean who knows it could be 20 25 30 minute walk from end to end so oh wow um, nice yeah well that's that's a great tip man thanks yeah for sure yeah yeah, I could. Oh, we can we can take a couple bikes down there. 
Oh, he's excited to bring the bike out. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. And I'm, I got to drop him in the middle of just busy season. And I'm, I'm running yes, around like a chicken with my head cut off. But I appreciate you having me on, Craig. Type hey, Garrett. Car, thank you. Thank yeah. you. You take yep. care. See and we'll you see, see you at May. Yep. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Car. All right. Well, shit. <laughs> I knew he was going to have to get off. He's, he's taken off and, I mean, it, yeah, get, trying to get him narrowed down into a, a time slot. And then, you know, of course, with typo. And then, you know, well, I was trying to have try to have Luke on here, too. And that's what what is it like two o'clock out where he's at right now or one o'clock or some stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. Two, it'd be 2 p.m. So he's not even off work yet. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn it. <laughs> and again, I show up late. Yeah. And you showed up late. Uh, did you guys get the pump fixed? Uh, no, we didn't even work on it. Oh, wow. I had to help the dude install an air conditioning, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, okay. Now that, now that you are a resident, uh, Childerberg expert, how come you didn't say anything about bicycles, man? Dude, I didn't know <laughs> that that was going to be a thing. <laughs> I'm not like the expert. I just go to the event. Mm -hmm. I heard you guys were bringing bicycles for the veterans too. I think it's that's what yeah. Typo is going to buy a couple bikes yeah. and we're going to give them out to the vets. Yeah, dad's <laughs> lying to people out here, <laughs> telling, telling stories and false information about me. I, I you know, kind of remember you saying something about that, and you know, once once you said it, and it was like, oh yeah. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Thanks. Hey, no problem. So, uh, I guess, uh, I guess maybe knock on wood, I've got an invite to be on Voluntary Vixens here pretty soon. Sweet. Yeah, I just got that here here the other day. Yeah, I was on their show. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they. Yeah, I had them on mine. So, and that's that's the reason I even I went out and bought a bottle of absinthe. So, you know, just so next time we got together, I could sit around and drink, uh, you know, absinthe with them. Because I guess that's our drink of choice. Yeah. Did you not listen to the podcast, Typo? <laughs> I wow, didn't listen bro. to it. I, mean, I listened to, I listened to like half of it. <laughs> I thought I thought you were one of my three listeners. <laughs> Dude, you got more listeners than that. <laughs> you just had like some you just told me the other day that you had like the most listened to episode recently. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Dude, that's yeah, pretty cool. No, it's it's been actually. I don't, I basically, because I've been just like going insane, I guess, you know, due to tax season and, you know, of course, political climate and, uh, you know, well, yeah, everything's well, getting going closer. On. It's getting closer to like midterms. Yeah. So people are more politically concerned. Well, but I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like, well, like our, our stinking Garrett, what state are you from? I, I don't remember. I'm in Ohio. Yeah. Ohio. Okay. All right. I was thinking Iowa for some odd reason. I'm like, Hey, you don't seem like that. Yeah, the Midwest is probably all the same. So you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's our, our stinking governor, right. Has been like this total bag of shit for the last, I don't know, three years. And he comes out with this ad. I'm going to lower the gas tax. He's not lowering it. And I mean, he's not. He's just freezing it for six months. And then it's going to go right back to where it was at. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think uh, that's kind of a page out of Trump's book. You know, you, you say you're going to do something and then everybody gets excited about it and then you don't actually do it, but, but people remember that you said you were going to do it. So they they guess you probably did. Yeah. Oh, he uh, had to have. And oh, well now we're going to blame, get this. They're going to blame the oil companies. Oh yeah. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, those greedy, those greedy rich guys in the oil companies. The the oil companies are going to uh, keep or raise their prices. So when they lower the taxes, they'll still be able to make more money. Oh, you yeah. Know, is, is the big conspiracy theory going on around here? And I'm like, or not really the oil companies, but the gas companies, you know, the privately owned mm-hmm. franchise gas companies. You know, it's, it's, uh, well, from the, from the way I understand it, the, the U.S. has kind of overplayed their hand a little bit with a lot of these sanctions that they've been pushing on Russia. And uh, it's causing a lot more people to trade oil and things other than U.S. dollars. And that's going to cause our prices to go up anyway. Yep. You know, in, in Europe, it's it's what, like eight dollars a gallon all the time anyway. So yeah. uh, it wouldn't surprise me that even when all of this is kind of over, um, you know, if we lose the support of the Saudis and some of the things like that, you know, Europe uh, wants to, to deal in euros more than dollars, that kind of thing, then it may push our prices up you know, kind of permanently. And uh you know, I guess, I guess it's good that, you know, Tesla and some other electric cars and stuff are taking hold, but we might be able to kind of take advantage of that and, you know, well, combat it a little bit, but. Yeah, we're, me and my wife are actually heavily vested into Tesla as far mm-hmm. as stocks. And one of the main reasons that, well, we've always, your mom or my wife, his mother has always been into Tesla. But when I found out that uh, Nancy Pelosi and her husband bought into Tesla, you know, 500 or 500,000 contracts, some stupid number, you know, that they bought for a five-year contract for Tesla to be over $500, which is a no brainer. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I don't, I don't even know what the price is right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, anything that we've got, you know, to where oil is going to go up and up and up, that's good for, you know, Nancy Pelosi. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's scary. Well, well, it's really interesting that you brought up Tesla's because I don't know if you saw, but Elon Musk bought Twitter today. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, He owns Twitter. So it's really, it's funny that you say that because there's a lot of politicians now and a lot of people are freaking out. A lot of the blue check marks, verified people on Twitter, they're all freaking out right now. And they're posting all about how much they hate Elon Musk. And it's funny because you'll see even some of these Democratic politicians that will like have to say something about it. But on one hand, they say that and then they turn around and tell people to buy Tesla, like buy an electric car. <laughs> right. Because the gas prices are going up. So it's just like so funny watching them like criticize literally the same guy for one thing, but then cheer him on for the other. But he's also the worst person ever right. because they're all afraid of that he might bring somebody back. I hope so. Man, please. That was awesome. (laughs) But I mean, but right now, so far is Trump has said that he's not coming back because he's staying with he's so egotistical. He's going to stay with his own like crappy social media and not come back to that ever come out. Well, it, I think it did, and then it got hacked, and it got brought down, and then it went back up. I don't really know. I never even looked into it. Is that yeah. Parler, or is it a different one? No, it's not Parler. It's true Social, I think he called it. Oh, I didn't think I've yeah. heard of it. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, I, I, I think it's just people that really want to see Trump tweets, I guess, that get on there. <laughs> like, is, but he, I, I don't know. But 
I mean, what basically what's going to happen is he's going to post something on there. Someone's going to screenshot it and then post it on Twitter. Like that's what we're going to see now. So uh, now what do you guys think about Trump running in 2024? Yes. No. I don't think so. I don't either. I, I think he's going to, he's going to sell, you know, this whole, I'm going to scare you big time. And then he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I think that, you know, there were, there were things about Trump, obviously that, that were good. There were other things that were bad. A lot right. of the economic and a lot of the foreign policy kind of stuff was kind of bad. Um, but I think that for better or for worse, if you take the things that Trump said he was going to do, you, you take the things that Trump tried to do and you look at how many times they, they pushed back on him, you know, he'd say, we're bringing the troops home from Afghanistan. And then Mike Pompeo would literally run out on the stage after him and be like, no, 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 no. He didn't mean that. We're not bringing, you know, we're bringing some troops home, but then we're sending more troops back. You know, that's what it was. And, um, you know, several different things like that, where he tried to fulfill some of his promises that he made or things, you know, and I don't know, as far as the wars were concerned, I don't know if it was a, a dollar figure amount that bugged him about it or if he really did think it was immoral or whatever the reason was. I mean, he wanted to bring troops home for, for some reason. And every time he tried to do it, they'd run behind him and stop him. You know, wow. and I think that he was stopped every every step of the way. And to me, that just shows, one, how little power the president really has. You know, that there is a whole uh, – a whole mechanism of people behind the scenes who are unelected people who are really calling a lot of the shots. And that, you know, even if you have somebody like Trump, who's this knight in shining armor, if that was your guy, if that was the one that, that somebody comes in there and really tries to mix things up and change some things that they do everything they can to block it and stop it at every pass. And so I think that Trump knows better than anybody. Uh, I can't get anything done there, you know? Right. So unless, unless he's just a completely like, egotistical maniac and he wants to get tortured for four <laughs> more years four, yeah, and, right you know i can't imagine um i felt bad for melania you know that this woman is uh for, for lack of a better term you know she's kind of a trophy wife you know she just married an old rich guy and yeah. you know, living her life <laughs> and raising her kids or whatever and then gets drugged into all this politics and people hate her guts and um you know michelle obama was kind of the same way too you know that, that people hated her for who she was married to and it's like a lot of these people are just kind of along for the ride and uh, I can't imagine being married to a president in that kind of situation and seeing what they go through and what people say about you and your family and all of that kind of stuff and, and ever wanting to go back. So yeah. I think that yeah. he's, uh, I think you're, I think you're totally right because I mean, they went, I mean, they're still trying to go after him and his family right now. He just got, uh, I think what contempt held in contempt or something yeah. like that. Because he missed the court, Trump. It was just on Twitter earlier. Oh no, I, I, I haven't even been on Twitter today. Somebody was somebody in a New York court was going after. I think one of his charities. I think it was like a Trump like organization or something like that, and they wanted him to hand over all the documents that pertain to it. And he re, he was they were subpoenaed and he refused. So now the judge has held him in contempt of court, and he's getting a ten thousand dollar fine a day, wow. which uh, he can probably afford to hold out for quite a while on. But you know. Who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 if I was Trump, I'd be like, you know what? They got Hunter's computer. You know, they ain't well, doing shit with that. <laughs> Why do they need my stuff? <laughs> well, I yeah. think like he's kind of, I don't know, Trump's kind of pinned because he does come up. I don't know if he'll run again, but everyone says he is. And hell, I mean, he does seem kind of like a revengeful guy. So I could really see him running. But I just don't know if people will go for it again because – 
you know, I think Trump as a candidate was like amazing. Like he really, I mean, he knew how to work a crowd. He was this complete underdog. I mean, it was like 2016 election was just like crazy time. Probably the most crazy experiences that in my lifetime, especially going from the Marine Corps and then college, because there's two different atmospheres, how they felt about Trump and it completely flipped once I got out of the military. (laughs) But I just don't think people feel that same way about him anymore. Like, I still think there's a lot of people that support Trump and right now he seems like he'll, he's going to be the guy for the nomination. But I just, I don't think a lot, I think if honestly the door, I think the door is open. And I mean, I don't know if DeSantis wants to be president, but if he, like, that's the only guy that everyone's talking about is the other option. And I think he is, could make a really good fit. I mean, he's, like actively going after like Disney right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he he's pretty relentless. Like, uh, you know, he just moves on to the next cultural thing and he jumps on the next thing that that gets him like and he's all over the news lines and the Republican Party loves him and everyone loves him. And I think a lot of people online just love him because how it annoys everyone on Twitter. But at the same time, like I, I think the door is open because I did I did think that Trump was kind of a weak president. Well, like, okay, I think president. I think what we saw was like okay, Trump, like Garrett said, uh, you know, where we kind of learned a little bit about the president really just isn't the president. I mean, he is he is kind of this figurehead only type of guy. Now that we, yeah, he's just a face. And I mean, you know, now uh, Trump can go out and talk a lot of smack. And I mean, he, like you said, he's really good with crowds and that was great. But then we got Biden in and we absolutely know now for a fact that there is nobody at the wheel. I mean, seriously, I mean, this guy, he is being controlled by so many different people. So you got to think, well, what about Trump? Well, what about, what about, you know, hell, let's go back to Bush. What about Reagan? What about, you know, uh, Clinton, you know, how many people controlled them, you know, and what, what, you know, I mean, we elect, you know, we feel so great about ourselves by electing a a new president. Are we really, I mean, (laughs) we're just putting a body up there. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's 97 years old, but uh, you know, I mean, who cares, right? I mean, he's not going to do anything anyway. You know, I mean, it's it's your people like your Nancy Pelosi's and, you know, um, Schumer and, and, and all of those, you know, the old fuckers in, in Congress that are actually truly running shit. And, I mean, it's, yeah. you know. They're the best, like, corporate hacks. Like, yeah. they're the best that can work with these corporations. So, I think, it, I mean, they're good at it and they're really good at it. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're, amazing at what they do that's why they're there but uh but i think uh wait what were you saying right before that i don't know dude i'm so i'm so wasted <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> I was trump, was, trump oh. was a good candidate now biden's asleep at the wheel well no oh, yeah, no no right. trump trump I'm, I'm not saying trump went, i was against trump in 16 mm-hmm. i thought trump was going to cause a lot of problems mm-hmm. honestly and i mean it was like okay so he gets in and, you know, things turn around and I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe he is actually doing pretty good, but he got beat in the election. We'll say, and you know, now we got Biden, but I mean, it was evident that Trump was not in control of our country, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, you, we could kind of see between the cracks there that, you know, the generals didn't do what he said. 
you know, uh, you know, another Pompeo was, you know, kind of covering for him and this and that and this. And then now we got Biden in and it's just like, nobody cares. You know, I mean, nobody cares that yeah. we see behind the curtain now that, you know, all these little monkeys are back there, you know, working all the controls. And now, I, I think on the bright side, though, I think we need to lean into that when we're talking to people on the more conservative side of things. When we're talking to the MAGA people or the hardcore Republicans, because the idea from a lot of those people is like, we just need to get the right guy in government and he'll turn things around and he'll root out the corruption and, and everything's going to get better that way. And instead, what we saw was, you know, like I said, for better or for worse, Trump had very big aspirations, very big plans of what he wanted to do, what he wanted to change. Uh, a lot of it I disagreed with, but the thing was, he was an outsider. He was not somebody who had been playing the game for decades and decades and decades. And instead, uh, he came out there and he was such a threat to them that they basically, you know, tried to do a soft coup while he was in office. I mean, you have James, yep. James Comey and the FBI trying to kick him out and overturn the election. Yeah. And do all of this stuff within the first several months that he's in office. And, and all of it was from this, you know, this Russian dossier that was complete garbage. You know, it was completely fabricated, com completely paid for by his opponent in the election. And, and they were willing to go to all of those links to do that, just to disrupt him. You know, they're wiretapping his campaign and all of this stuff. And, and they, they stopped him at every turn. And I think that that's the thing that's most important to talk to people about is to say, like, look, I know you think that if we vote for the right guy, he's going to be able to turn it around. But you need to understand that the people that you are opposed to, they will change the rules if they have to. They will right. cheat if they have to. They will lie if they have to. They will, will you know, route around the Constitution, whatever it is. They've got the power and, and the, the willingness to take one step further and to do what they need to do because they believe that the ends justifies the means no matter what. And so when when conservatives are trying to play fair and they're trying to play by the rules and trying to work within the system you're, you're playing against somebody else who has no regard for the rules and i think that that's you know whether you want to call it secession whether you want to call it agorism whether you want to whatever you want to do to kind of work against the giant machine that is the government and the giant machine that is the people in place um that it, one of the options cannot be I'm just going to run for office and get elected and change things from the inside because we saw how how pointless that was and, right. and all it did was fuel the media for four years and you know he did win a lot of people over i'm like you craig i was a never trumper and then you know kind of read scott adams's book on him and it won me over a little bit at least just not to be afraid of him at least to right. see him as more of a um i hate to say con artist but more of a performance artist more of somebody who right. knows how to work the media who knows how to do all that stuff and at least see that there's kind of a method to his madness you know that this subpoena does him good you know contempt of court because it gets him in the newspapers and that's what he wants you know and well, that's, our, the, our, that's what the thing is right and like like you're saying with that i mean you know who, our next contenders may not be DeSantis. you know it may be somebody like aoc you know I, it may be. I think I don't I think that those people like you, like you said earlier, that it's the Schumers and the Pelosi's that have the power. Yeah. AOC, Bernie, um, you know, Rashida Tlaib, those kind of people have the, the Twitter followers. But right. They don't have the money. They don't have the power. They don't have all of that that time and energy invested in this. Um, and that's why exactly what you saw on Super Tuesday in the 2020 election, that Biden was in like fifth place. And you yeah. had several people in front of Biden that were better than Biden. You know, Pete Buttigieg is an amazing speaker, you know, kind of right. like on the same same kind of line as Obama. You know, I don't agree with much of what he does, but but damn, the guy is, is smooth and he's right. good. And, uh, you know, you had Pete Buttigieg, you had um, 
what was it, Amy Klobuchar was in front of him. You know, Bernie Sanders was in the yeah, lead. Yeah. Um, but Bernie Sanders on the same level as Trump was not their guy. He was not somebody that they trusted. He was an outsider. And I think that they were content to lose the election with Joe Biden rather than losing their party to somebody like, you know, Bernie Sanders. And, yeah. you know, worst case scenario, Trump is gone in 2024. And, and we went even bigger then. you know, they admitted Pelosi admitted to throw in the 2004 election because they knew that they could win bigger in 08. Oh, wow. Um, so wow. They, they didn't they didn't put as much energy into John Kerry because um, th- these people are 100 years old and they, yeah. they're millionaires and they know how to play the long game. They do yep. not have to win this next election. That whole yeah. that whole line about this is the most important election of our lifetime. It doesn't matter. And, and I think that they really were. Uh, willing to put Joe Biden out there because he was safe. And I think that they were content to lose if they lost. Um, but what so, they weren't expecting and what I wasn't expecting was the full corporate media, the full corporate conglomerations, everybody telling you to get out and vote, everybody changing the rules to make mail-in voting work everywhere. And and just telling everybody in the world that, you know, I, I turned Spotify on and they're telling me I need to make sure I go out and vote. You know, yeah, what right. do I care? You know, and, and, and it was kind of a similar thing, you know, recently with Indeed. I was online looking for jobs and they're Indeed is telling me that they support Ukraine and, and that they stand against the Russian aggression. And it's like, dude, like what like what are you talking about? Like right. I'm, I'm here, you know, uh, looking at whatever random jobs that have nothing to do with any of this. And, and you've just got a virtue signal and tell me what it is. And I think that, um you know, whether, whether they cheated in the election or I think more importantly, they just, they just changed the rules to get as many, many people to vote as possible. I'm not going to say they cheated, but if if they did, they, everybody's cheated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If the the Republicans could have cheated better, they would have, but you know, I think, I think they weren't necessarily expecting Joe Biden to win, but since he did, you know, great, we'll take the power, we'll take control of it. But um, you know, if, if Joe Biden didn't win in 2020, they people would have been so tired of Trump after eight years that it would have swung back to the Democrat side in 2024 either way. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's now. OK, so what are your thoughts about, say, the president is the presidential office, if you will, mm-hmm. is not the president himself, but the presidential office is, for lack of a better term, is is dead. Okay. Yeah. The the president doesn't do anything. He just, he goes out, he talks, he kisses babies, you know, he does whatever. Okay. So like, what about like local? Uh, I mean, is that, is that where we need to really kind of lean into too? That's my belief, by the way. I think so. I think as, as you move more local, you can have more influence. I mean, that's the thing is there's, there's nothing you can do your vote, you know, even in the closest elections, they're decided, you know, presidential elections, they're decided by half a million, a million votes, a couple million, you know, your vote does not matter at all in that instance. Um, right. You know, it can matter a little bit more in the state, especially depending on how big your state is. I mean, look, you guys are Illinois, right? Right, right. So, I mean, you've probably got Chicago making all the decisions for your entire state. 90%, 90%. Yeah. Right. So, the you know, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can definitely make a bigger difference local. And I think just even in your community, in your neighborhood, you know, that there were times during all of this COVID where it was locked down, nobody was allowed to leave their house. Um, and you still had, you know, churches that got together. You still had neighborhoods that got together and did things together. And oh. um, I think that that is the, the biggest thing is that if you can just take the government out of the equation, because I think that people spend so much energy 
um, one, worrying about who the president is, you know, making right. sure that the guy on my team wins and the guy on the bad team loses and we've got to keep him out. And you have no influence over that. And really, they don't have that much influence over you either. You know, you, you look at your lifestyle um, and, you know, COVID carried over even from Trump to Biden. I mean, a lot of the stuff really didn't change like we thought it would. Um, but, you know, your, your life is much more uh, affected by, you know, where you work locally, where your family is locally, what your neighbors are like, what your neighborhood is like. And so I think that, yeah, absolutely. I think we need to band together and, and work locally, but it doesn't even have to be official, you know, even if it's not in your city, you know, I I live near Columbus and I don't have any influence over the way that Columbus does things. And, you know, obviously they're a very progressive city and, um, very civil rights minded and that kind of thing. There's always some kind of activism going on, but, um, you know, at the same time, uh, there are conservatives in this city and most of them, you know, do their own thing and they talk to their own people and they hang out with people that are like them. And, uh, you know, if, if shit hits the fan, like it did in the summer of 2020, when, you know, the city was burning, you've got people in the suburbs that are, you know, just loaded up with guns and whatever they need to do. And they're sitting safe and happy at their homes. Yeah. Well, I just like, um, now in the, in the town that we're at is, is relatively what 8,000 people, 3000 of them are you know, incarcerated, but, uh, yeah. So, um, but our town, now we did go through a little bit of a lockdown during COVID, you know, two weeks and then, you know, maybe a little longer, I don't remember, but it was, you know, now it, or, you know, pretty soon everybody's like, you know what, screw this. We're going to open up our businesses. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do what we want. You know, the, the local politicians, if you will, uh, basically we're like, you know, we're not, we're not enforcing shit, you know? So, which was really, really nice. But once you got out of this area, you know, you could, we could go, we could jump across and go into Missouri, which was a little bit more liberal, especially more the Southern Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you go, if we went East any, uh, you know, to, to places like um, Carbondale, forget about it. Mm -hmm. You know, they were ratting on each other. You know, I mean, it was like there were people on the Internet trolling the Internet just to get out there and find out what restaurants are actually opening so they could turn them in, Mm -hmm. you know, like they get points or something. Yeah. Did you did you listen to Michael Malice's kind of input on how that how that went and what that was kind of what served purpose that served? So he was talking about how that gave um, basically uh, lower. I'm trying to remember the the term he used uh, lower Lower status status people. people. Yeah. Lower status people and opportunity um, to feel like they had some kind of authority and had like they had some kind of meaning in the world because uh, you know, I'm not able to do anything to anybody. I can't, you know, I can't fight anybody. I can't influence my will on anybody. I can't use my money, but you know, daggone it. If I can go out there and and rat on somebody for not wearing a mask while they're walking their dog in front of my house uh, you know, I can, I can feel like I was on the right side of history and it gave those people a chance to, really feel like they were doing something and feel like they could look down at other people. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I honestly believe that, uh, you know, that I think we were really close to, to an actual revolution mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, you know, where people were been boxed in for so long, the government's coming down, they're still standing on our necks, you know, they still got the knee to our necks. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I thought that we were going to be probably start fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, but that didn't happen. Thank you, typo. Um, 
<laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm just saying, I mean, it, I, I thought we were actually close to actually getting... Well, in the summer of 2020, it looked like a yeah. revolution was happening. It yeah, looked it like something was happening. Like, I, don't, I didn't know what... I mean, at the time, I lived in Phoenix, and thank God, but it only we only had one day of rioting in Phoenix, but it was July in Phoenix, Arizona, so I don't think anyone wanted to be outside rioting in the summer of Arizona, so thank God, but we had one day, and it was down the road from where we lived, and it was at the, I mean, they hit this, like, really nice mall in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they robbed, like, they destroyed half that mall, and it was just, like, whole, and then, like, our neighbor, that, like, that night, our neighbors came over, and it was, like, hey, man, like, and we'll protect your property when you're not here and you protect our property when we're not and we're like oh man this is getting serious we didn't know what was going on man but luckily it was only like one day that it happened for phoenix but like portland oregon was like basically just 200 days of riots like that was probably the worst one and no one really talks about it that it was like half a year this this city was just burning to the ground and the governor and called it like a, a summer of love or something yeah, that's yeah. why it's nicknamed the Summer of Love of 2020, because he called it the Summer of Love when there was literally buildings on fire. Like, this is insane. So I thought, I agree. I thought there was some sort of revolution happening because yeah. I, like, the left went crazy. And obviously, to me, it was always, this was kind of also instigated by the fact that everyone's locked in their homes. Mm -hmm. The only thing you are allowed to do, and the only thing they praise people for doing is if you go to these protests, not... But well, that and that, that that is when the lockdown should have ended in my eyes because it was such a massive contradiction in their narrative that like you have to stay home, wear a mask, social distance, and then they just promote everyone to go out and riot. Like that's when people should be yeah. like, "This is stupid." Yeah. But it didn't work out that way. Okay. Between between you two, what do you think about the pandemic? Do you think the pandemic is is still going on or is this over with? Um. Well, I think they're gonna keep those powers i don't think a lot of those powers that the government got through the covid insanity that they're just going to keep a lot of those powers and i don't know i think maybe they're going to let covid die out but who's to say they won't try to do this again down the road when the republicans put up another person they don't like or whatever right. like who knows when something like this could happen again and it I mean, I don't know if it would work again or what degree they'll try to, how authoritative they'll get with this idea, but it's certainly possible they could try something like this again in my eyes. What yeah, do you think? I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, they're going to keep it in their back pocket as long as they can, and they're going to keep using it, you know, and cases will rise when they want them to rise or when they want to publicize, you know, that they're rising and try to scare people. And, and eventually it's going to wear off, you know, even uh, I'm in a very progressive city and most people are kind of over the masks now. And, and um, okay. you know, very, very few people are, are wearing them where they don't have to wear them, you know, that kind of thing. And I mean, they still follow the rules, you know, you are in the hospital or the doctor's office, whatever people, which I don't know about you guys. I think, I think in the medical community, it's there to stay. When you go to the doctor's office, you're going to be wearing a mask for a long time, yeah. which, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you're somewhere where you're, you're probably sick. The people around you might be sick. Um, you know, I, it wouldn't have been crazy to have done that even before COVID started, but um, I think it makes people a little bit more aware, which it is what it is. But I, I think again, you know, mostly personal choice, you know, if you ask me to wear a mask cause you're compromised. Okay. I can handle that. You know, if you don't like it, we stay away from each other. Right. Right. whatever that's fine but um i think the thing that worries me the most about covid and, and things like it is 
there's a lot of evidence that this was leaked from a lab and that, yeah. uh, you know, that they're playing with these things, trying to, you know, make these super viruses so that they can learn to fight these super viruses. And that, you know, maybe it wasn't even done on purpose. Maybe some guy, you know, it sounded like the, the lab in Wuhan had a bunch of uh, violations of the safety code and the kind of things that they were supposed to do to keep things clean and sterile. And, you know, I, I think of, you know, the guy with a mustard stain on his shirt, you know, and he just walks home and he's got the thing on his shirt and he doesn't know it. And next thing you know, it's, it's spread everywhere. Um, well, it wasn't, uh, wasn't Fauci involved in the Wuhan? Uh, Fauci was involved in the funding. I don't know yeah. how much of it, you know, it's, it's kind of like these people, you know, rich people own a million stocks. And so you can always tie them to stuff, but I don't know that they necessarily know what they're tied up in. And so I think Fauci was connected to it through the funding and he was, he was over it somewhat, but it may have been, you know, one of a, a thousand labs and, you know, he may not yeah. have really been responsible. He's for probably it. like a stack of documents and he was just signing signing away right there's right. no way he probably read red he probably didn't even know that was in there he was just yeah. like whatever signed away <laughs> but, but okay. with them you know having all those violations and, and being declared to be so dangerous by so many scientists in the world because they weren't doing a good job at keeping those viruses in i worry a little bit that we're going to have the next version of whatever covid was um and that people aren't going to take it seriously and that maybe if it is yeah. more dangerous Hell, it yeah. is and, and that people are, not, you know, I'm not going to wear masks. I'm not going to wash my hands. I'm not going to do whatever. And, you know, a lot of that stuff didn't even work with COVID. But, you know, especially in the beginning, I think it's it's reasonable to do whatever you you can, you know, until we get more information to wear a mask, protect yourself, you know, whatever it is. And so I do worry a little bit that if something else does escape and it is much worse, it's what they said COVID really was going to be then uh, you're going to have people out there running around, you know, spreading it or whatever. And so that's, I think what concerns me is that like when the next one happens, the first couple of months, I don't think there was a whole lot wrong with how we reacted. You know, this is a crazy thing. We don't know what's happened. Maybe it's going to kill us all. Let's stock up on groceries. Let's, you know, try to stay in. Let's do whatever. I mean, those are reasonable things that you would do if, if the black plague was happening today. You just, so, you just hit, you just hit a, hit a marker. Okay. You said stock up on groceries. Mm -hmm. How many food distribution points in the United States has burned down in the last three weeks? That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What was yeah. it? What's the number? It's like 50. It's really? Like, it's yeah. 50? Oh, it's like, it's like some stupid number, dude. Yeah. I'm 51, 52, 48, somewhere right in there. Now, one of them they said, and I don't remember which one was actually hit by an airplane. Okay. Oh. Caused it to burn down. Now, excuse me, that's a bit extreme, uh, but I think, I, I, I mean, did they get a suicide, you know, nut job to, you know, fly a plane into a few they said a terrorist the attack. Right. <laughs> they said the pilot was the only death too. That's what always yeah. blows me away is yeah. like how these kind of things can happen and like nobody ever, you yeah. know. And all these, all hurt. these, all these food distribution points have burned down. I mean, to the point where it's going to be, you know, weeks before we can get this up and running. Nobody dies. You know, there, I don't think there's been like, you know, well, the pilot, other than the pilot, I mean, I don't think there's been, you know, no, no more than, you know, three, four deaths in any of this. And, you know, I mean, me and my brother were, were talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact. And, you know, the funny part about it is, is you don't hear about it in the media at all, you know, so why are, why is this happening? And, you know, we, we're talking, and my conspiracy theory is that, you know, 
this is CIA, NSA, FBI, Alphabet, whatever. They're going around, they're destroying these buildings, these food distribution points, because if you have people panicking over food, they're not watching what the government's doing. They're, they're going to be more concerned about putting a, a loaf of bread and a, a pound of bologna on the table than they are worried about what the hell the government's doing with the Nazis in Ukraine, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think hungry people is going to be pissed off people. And I don't know if that'll go over very well either. If, if you government. got if you got people, and I'm not talking about like like in in our area. I mean, we're pretty rural, right? But if you get into your urban settings, people are not going to be worried about what the hell the government's doing. They're not going to be worried about you know why can't my government take care of me? They're going to be worried about what's he got. You know, they're going to be fighting each other. And people fighting each other are easier controlled. You know, I mean, point blank and simple. You know, you keep everybody at each other's throat. You don't have to worry about, you know, them uniting and, and coming after you. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it happened to England, you know, with the uh, Scottish clans back in, you know, whatever, you know, AD. And, uh, you know, where the, all the Scottish clans finally decided, you know what, we're going to come together. They came together and they actually got the British out, out of the, out of the country i mean this is like what long shanks and rob roy and uh, and all that uh but i mean you know if you take that into the u.s where the people don't have food or they can't get food which people are seeing this more and more and more you know in in your walmarts and your grocery stores and stuff where there is a shortage and where the the stores are actually trying to keep the peace if you will by spreading out the product a little bit I don't, I, I don't know, Garrett, if you've noticed this, but I've noticed it a lot in our area where it's like, oh, wait a minute, they don't have this anymore, but they've got a shit ton of peaches. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? You know, and then they've got them all spaced out, you know, over a huge area. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think, um, you know, kind of like you said, I mean, it, it, the, the conspiracy is sort of obvious there of kind of what it could be. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I try to keep in mind is looking back at projects like MK Ultra and a lot of the things that they did there that you have so many rogue government agencies running right. around doing their own thing that it, it's very well possible that you've got one sect of the CIA, you know, trying to carry out some kind of plan like that while nobody else knows or cares about it, you know, right. and it, that it's not always some giant government program where there's a, a giant world plan to enact this thing in place, but that, um, you know, we've seen tons of times where, you know, we've had uh, SWAT teams arrest undercover cops who are running the drug raids, you know, that um, this whole thing in Michigan where they were going to kidnap Governor yes. Whitmer and, yes. and all this stuff that, you know, <laughs> half the people involved with it were FBI agents who were trying to, you know, stoke the terrorism. And so, um, those kind of things always make me wonder too, you know, is it, is it just one, you know, kind of off group that's trying to do that? Um, and you know, then again, the other thing that makes me wonder is, you know, we've got more access to more media than ever. Um, are there always fires at these plants? You know, are there, were there always, you know, a lot of things, you know, at these kind of places and we just never heard about it because it wasn't newsworthy, but now that we're in such crazy times, but it's not, it's not newsworthy now. I mean, it's, it's not newsworthy now, but because the internet and because we are such a smaller world, right. You know, I, you know, the news is at CBS, NBC, CNN, or whoever, 
mm-hmm. are are not out there reporting, you know, hey, we've had another fire in a food distribution point. Hey, this is strange, you know, this is Walter Concrete, you know. No, they they're not saying shit about this, but they're talking about the the I think it was CBS, and I may be wrong here. Their top story was that, uh, a Chihuahua had lived over 21 years. True. You know, that was what they were pushing. They weren't saying anything about, you know, plane wreck into a building. Now, I'm sure local news coverage in those, those areas where those food distribution points had burned, you know, like the one in Indianapolis, you know, that was the Walmart one, you know, that, mm-hmm. that got wiped out. That was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, but nobody, you know what? It wasn't, you know how I found out about it? Internet. Yeah. Twitter, you know, that type of stuff, you know? So, I mean, these are our real news medias nowadays, you know, these, um, who was it just got busted? Oh, uh, I think you were telling me typo about, uh, uh, shoot, I can't think of his name. Interviewed Trump, made it look like Trump got all ticked off and left the stage. Oh, Pierce Morgan. That's it. Pierce Morgan. Yeah. He yeah, got he caught. Just did a, yeah, he just did an interview with well, I don't know. This is what I've seen, but basically he did an interview with Trump and then they edited it, made it look really bad for Trump, and he walked off the stage at the end of the interview. But then Trump released the audio, the full audio. That's and right. they're actually very nice to each other and at the end and they thanked each other and actually complimented both of each other complimenting each other at the end and and then trump walked away after that and that that's what i've seen so far but i haven't seen heard the audio or anything yet i mean yeah i I haven't heard it yet but i mean you know uh what's that uh vanderbilt guy uh anderson cooper Mm anderson cooper Cooper. yeah he got caught years ago reporting on a hurricane that the flooding and all this other stuff come to find out he was standing in a ditch a couple guys walking by with that yeah yeah you know but nobody so everybody keeps trusting these people you know for for their news and for their you know their facts you know i don't think so anymore i hope not i hope not i know my generation a lot of people from my generation do you know, yeah. And from my parents' generation, you know, the older people, you know, they're still stuck there watching NBC nightly news, you know, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, we're, we're you know, the Ukraine, the Russians invading Ukraine. They well, don't when, they don't tell them, you know, that the when Nazis they went all in, there. they went all in on this Trump thing. And it was kind of it was very clear they had an agenda against like Donald Trump. It just became more clear than ever that there was clearly they had an agenda that they were trying to, everything was negative about Trump. They never, I don't think they ever said, the only time I see him see a positive story about Trump is when he was firing missiles into Syria. Like that's the only time I remember them ever <laughs> giving any sort of compliment to Donald Trump. Right. I think they finally, he, one of them even said, it was like, he's finally presidential now. And it was like, yeah. oh, good job now. Yeah. But so it just became so obvious and and then like story after story where it just becomes very politically driven story and then there's clearly two different perspectives that if you watch the mainstream media you got one and then if you looked at the internet basically you got a different perspective and i just and their ratings are in the trash i mean cnn plus they just <laughs> launched that like at the end of march and it's already shut down they're already shutting it down less. This is like three weeks in this is, this is like they they hype this up as like their big thing. They're, 
this is the next generation of CNN or whatever. Like this was going to be, I mean, that they had to get into the internet. That's where everyone's going and it failed. They completely failed. So I, I don't think these institutions, like, I don't think they're going to last as much longer than people think. And I don't think those institutions really will be around anymore. And eventually, I mean, maybe it'll be like, you know, still like a news article or something like that i'm not saying but like the actual network and stuff and like on tv i don't think that's going to last much longer honestly yeah i think you're completely right and you know and they just and cnn plus i mean i didn't look into it but it was probably the exact same thing as cnn and they just put it on its own kind of channel and app and i think that that's you know something that they don't understand is like the, the good thing about the internet is you can get on a podcast and listen to a couple of people who are nobodies and they can share their opinions and they can share their experiences and you can agree or disagree. And uh, even those people might disagree, you know, and it's no big deal. Um, But people seem authentic. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that, you know, that was the thing that they got from Joe Rogan is that it was authentic. And, you know, that there were still, um, you know, people talk about him being some kind of crazy right wing psycho. But when you listen to him, you know, a lot of times he's arguing for like a universal basic income. He's arguing for like a, a higher welfare level and a lot of these kind of leftist type things. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is he's still at talking to, to people who have controversial opinions. He's talking to people who are willing to push back against him instead of, you know, the man on the screen is, is all knowing the man on the screen is God. He tells you what the news is and you believe it and you run with it. And, um, they, they don't have that personality that a lot of smaller outlets have, and they don't have that perspective that, um, you know, there are people who don't don't respect them just because they're on TV, you know, and I think that they've lost, that's the biggest thing that they've lost is that, yes. that status. Yeah. They had, they're one of their promos. I think, it, I don't know who it was, but it was one of the anchors of CNN and their like big thing was like exclusive interview only on CNN plus with Dr. Fauci. And it was like, Oh, thank God. I, that's what I want to do. Listen to the guy telling me to wear a fucking mask. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's why you hit on this, Garrett. Was uh, you know talking about the the smaller podcast, mm-hmm. okay? And and they can voice their opinions, and um, which I think is a lot more valuable than some suit sitting there or some you know chick with you know some you know great eyes or whatever, you know, sitting there telling you about this and this and this, you know, and. What really gets my goat is like, okay, you, you did mention Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan copies my podcast a lot. Believe oh it or not. <laughs> no. I'm sick of hearing this. <laughs> no, I, seriously. Uh, what, what really gets my goat is not so much Joe Rogan, but, um, you know, okay. When somebody famous, okay, comes out and they say, Hey, I've got a podcast and Spotify is going to give me, you know, $75,000 just to be on Spotify, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Obama. Okay. Michelle Obama had her own podcast. They, their, their contracts got ended just recently. Thank you. You know, uh, one of the things is Dr. Phil, you know, he's got a podcast uh, called fill in the blanks. I think, um, you know, his wife, uh, Damn, I can't even think of her name. Anyway, she's got a podcast, you know, and because they've got this, the social launching pad, you know, I mean, they're, they're completely blasting 
you know, the, they're, you know, with uh, followers instantly, you know, they've got like a million followers, but they don't talk really about anything, you know, that's, that people are really concerned with, in my opinion, you know, it's uh, Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen had a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, Bruce Springsteen, all he was doing was getting out of DUIs. That's all he was doing. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I mean, you know, so I, I kudos to, to, to all of you guys, you know, that, you know, that do a podcast and, and get out there and talk about your opinions and what you've learned on say Twitter or Instagram or, you know, whatever, if you do travel and you, you know, go to, you know, Ukraine, or if you do go to, uh, you know, Portland or something like that. And, you know, our Canada, you know, that one guy, well, I watched him for like 15 minutes, man, you know, live, you know, he's walking around just filming stuff and talking. Uh, but, I, you know, kudos to you guys. So, you know, screw them, screw the big media, you know, the corporate media, screw them, screw all the, these podcasters, you know, that just come out and, you know, have like millions of followers on day one, you know, they, they're like uh, the rock coming out and saying, Hey, you know, I, I'm this make is my music now. I'm going to uh-huh. make music now. Yeah, I'm going to make music or I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to give you my political views because they have so much influence over people. You know, it's it, I know I'm getting off on like six different tangents right now, but, um, you know, these people like, uh, you know, oh, what was what was the one? Well, I know rock came out and was started, you know, blasting about, you know, his political views and especially during the Trump era. You know, all these celebrities came out, George Clooney and uh, what was the other Tom Cruise and it's all of them. Yeah, like all of them, dude. And, <laughs> like you know, literally all of them. It's like you're a fucking actor, go act, you know. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah, why one, was- of, one of the things I love to do for that was I would reply to those people, you know, and maybe they don't see it, maybe somebody else sees it, whatever, but I would always reply to them and like let them know. Uh, that I really appreciated like the most inane thing that they had ever acted in or that they had ever done. And so um, you had like Rob Reiner, you know, going on about how terrible Trump was and how oh, like we have, we have a Nazi in the Oval Office. And I'd be like, hey, like you were really good as the dad on the new girl. And, <laughs> um, you know, Alyssa Milano is like freaking out about how, you know, Kavanaugh's a rapist and we have right. to stop him. And I'd be like, you played the wife on My Name is Earl for like four episodes. And I absolutely loved it. It was right. great. And I would just... <laughs> go back you know over and over again to try to just remind those people like look like people like you because you're you're an entertainer you know you're a good actor or you're a good singer or maybe you're a comedian and you're funny like no one cares about your political views especially when they're the exact same views that everybody else has like oh oh my god you know four years orange man bad orange man bad trump is hitler like oh no like i you know and and finally um i remember it was in like 2017 or 2018, like Taylor Swift finally broke her silence and made her first ever political statement because she had always avoided it before. And then she said like that she didn't like Trump. And it was like, oh, wow, wow. like this is a monumental moment. That, like this one star thinks the same thing all the other stars like, and, right. you know, it's just it's, it's crazy to me. I think that how how entitled a lot of these people have gotten. Um, but at the same time, I think that, that you're right. And like, we, you can see even from the podcast and stuff that people are, are growing tired of that, especially yeah. people who, um, you know, may lean more conservative or just aren't concerned with politics. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that I think we forget sometimes like flat out, don't 
don't know and they don't care and they don't want to know. You right. know, I don't follow that stuff. It's stupid. It just makes people angry. So I don't want anything to do with it. And so then when you have, you know, your favorite musician or your favorite actress or whatever, who goes out of their way to be political, um, I think they're hurting their brand too, you know, and, and especially, so. you know, um, so. it's just, it's just crazy to see how those people, uh, you know, buy into their own crap, you know, Sarah Silverman and Michael Ian Black, like yeah. absolutely hilarious. They were the best follows on Twitter before 2016, absolutely hysterical people. And then suddenly everything had to turn into like, you know, oh, neo-Nazis are running the country. Like, yeah. give it up, you know, who cares? Now, have yeah. You, yeah. I, I, speaking of Nazis, and I'm, I'm, I keep hitting on this point, you know, with the Ukraine, have you seen the videos out of that? Uh, I haven't seen many of the videos. I've listened to a lot of Scott Horton on it and just okay. kind of tried to follow from afar and seeing, you know, how much the FBI has, has put energy into funding those, those right-wing Nazi groups. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I got, I mean, you know, we're talking, we're talking, we just went back a hundred years, you know, literally, you know, I mean, you know, and I mean, that's, I think that that's just, to me, again, like going back to telling people, you know, people who say, you know, we just need the right person in government. We just need, you know, your taxes. They fund schools and they fund roads and they do all this stuff. And it's like, no, like my taxes paid to arm and train neo-Nazi groups right. in Ukraine <laughs> whose stated goal is that they can be the capital of the world for this Aryan uprising, that white supremacy can can grab a foothold again and can be respected and that the whites can take their place as the, the chief race of the world. And it's like, your money funded this. The, yep. the taxes that you paid are what funded this. And now that they've gotten good and strong, yep. we're backing them against a government who we don't like in Russia who we instigated into doing this anyway. And now we're back in the neo-Nazis. Same thing in Yemen. You know, we, we upset the Saudis. So then we had to turn sides and we back Al-Qaeda in Yemen. The same uh, people who were the, the yep. boogeyman that we were had to be afraid of for 10 years before that. And now we're the ones, you know, giving them the intel that they need. And they're telling us who they need to bomb. And, and we, you know, arm the Saudi jets and go make it happen. Yeah. And it's just, it's insane to me that, you know, those are the kind of things we pay for. And then, you know, sure enough, eventually that militia, that that other, you know, group that we've been funding and propping up and training and arming, they get too big or they make a, a turn that we don't like. Or, you know, now even they're just in the way of a, a different objective that we have. And now we're fighting against them. And, and we've got guns that we paid for shooting back at our soldiers. Yep. And it kind of sounds really familiar really yeah. familiar right yeah you know yeah and it, you know it happens over and over and over again and then you know you you've got people who you know people's sons and daughters who think that they're going to serve their country yeah and instead they're going over and they're getting shot at by somebody that their country armed yep and i think that that's just you know that's the ultimate treason right there that you've got you got some kid putting his life on the line you know ready to die for what he believes is right and to whatever, you know, CIA agent is in charge or whatever senator is in charge, this is just a check. You know, this yeah. is just a check from, from Boeing or Northrop Grumman or whoever. And, um, you know, we're going to get our way in this kind of thing. And then, you know, if, if my plan goes the right way, I'm going to get a powerful position in charge of this new government that we're propping up in this country. And then, you know, I'm going to get to direct oil to the place that I have a stock in and everything's going to be good for me. And, you know, if, if, if some 18-year-old's legs get blown off, you know, well, let's just collateral damage. Who cares? 
Yeah, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has insurance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, uh, Madeline, you know, Madeline Albright just died, you know, and, and one of the things that she oh, did said that. was, that, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, she, uh, I think she did, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, she passed away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, they had, they made a big deal, you know, that she was the, the first secretary of state, I think it was, um, you know, and I'm like, well, the, the biggest thing that she contributed was she said that, that 500,000 dead Iraqi children was, was a reasonable cost to pay to have to, to do the things that we were doing over there, you know, and that, yeah, you know, a lot of kids got bombed, a lot of kids got blown up, but, you know, we wow. had to stop, we had to stop terrorism. We had to stop, you know, Saddam Hussein, who, again, we had armed and backed because he was fighting against the Russians in Afghanistan. And, you yeah, know, like, and he fought Iran, Iran at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, was, and yeah. half the half, yeah, I, I think it was Iran, not Afghanistan. Yeah. Sorry, but um, you know, and a lot of the stuff that we had accused him of doing to go in and depose him, he had done while we were supporting it. Yep. You know, he he chopped some guy up and put him in a body bag. Like, yeah, he did that 15 years ago when he was on your side, and and now you care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, yeah. Well, that's that's like a, a lot of the shit that you know was going on that's going on in the Ukraine. You know, it's like you know I'm watching this and I'm like, this is exactly what we did in Iraq. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, and even in Iran and now in Afghanistan, when's this going to stop? When pe when are people going to wake up and say, you know what, this is enough? You know, we are creating these monsters, and I would really like to have been alive back in the 1920s you know, 1930s to find out what the U S was doing to back the Nazis in 1930 Germany. Yeah. Know. I know. I know there was a lot of admiration for them because, oh, yeah. um, you know, there were a lot of people in America that were really supportive of what they were doing because, um, you know, it really started that progressive era. And, yeah. you know, we saw in world war one, what a huge, uh, a taxing of manpower that we had to have and, and the, the way that we had to ration our steel and ration our food to make sure that everything got to go to the troops first and, you know, go to the people second. And it was, it was this great progressive experiment, you know, that the government took over almost all industry and they made it happen. Yeah. And there were a lot of progressives that were really upset when the war ended and things started to go kind of back to normal because it was like, look, we had a good thing going here. Everything was centralized. Government was running everything. And I also think that that's interesting that a lot of, you know, a lot of your Republicans are the ones who are more pro-military and more pro-war. And it's like, look, war is the most socialist thing out there. You know, it gives government full control over entire industries. And, you know, if, if, if you think socialism is bad, then, then one of the main things you should oppose is war. Right. And so you had progressives who were really just chomping at the bit to get in and, you know, do more. And, and when they see what, what's going on in Nazi Germany and they see that they're, you know, taking over a lot of the industries and that they're, you know, forcing them to work for a national goal right. and seeing themselves as one strong people, um, that a lot of those are, are socialist ideals. And those were things that they were hoping that they could copy. Right. And, you know, well, and, the term Nazi, a lot of people don't realize what Nazi actually means. I mean, it is a socialist party. Yeah. National socialist. Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, we look back to history, but yet we're doing it again. We yeah. are doing, we are setting ourselves up again, you know, and there's going to be, I mean, and we're going, you know, and Russia, I guarantee you, Russia looks at the United States. And they're like, you know what? They've got this stupid fucker Biden sitting in there. You know, they're a weak country. His net, you know, he's not going to last very long. 
and his next in command is Kamala Harris. You know what? Really? Let's get in. Get in our. Uh, get in Ukraine right now. Let's let's kick this off. You know. And I, I, mean, I think, yeah, go ahead. It would be kind of smart after, I mean, after the Afghan, I mean, it was six months after Afghanistan and then Russia invades. Yeah. So I think, you know, it was pretty smart because America is pretty drained on war and don't really want to get in another one. Plus the leadership is uncertain. A lot of people right. don't have a lot of faith in that, even though the, I mean, from, from the media, they're, they're chomping at the bit to get in war yeah. with Russia. I mean, right when this all happened, they were definitely asking for like a no fly zone which is essentially war mm -hmm. and they kept on calling for that so who knows these people might not have any bounds at all like i don't i don't know how far they're willing to go it looks like they're they're willing to go as far as the american public will allow them to go which is really scary but i mean they're essentially in war with russia i mean we're just using ukraine as proxies for the war right now and right. if if it was the other way around and Russia was arming some group in Canada. I mean, America probably would have nuked them already. So they could definitely take what we're doing as an act of war right now. Like, oh, absolutely. And they've said that, you know, a lot of the Patriot missiles that we've sent over that, um, you know, the, the, the CIA admitted to planning a lot of those stories that they had, uh, one of the stories that they admitted to planning. And this is like, what, two months into this war? I mean, it's it, we're two months in and they're already admitting the stuff that they had lied about to misinform the public. But they had said that, you know, sending, uh, you know, troops in to help the Ukrainians would be considered an act of war, but the Patriot missiles wouldn't be. And even already in the news in real time, you hear the, the Russian uh, diplomats and stuff saying out loud, like, no, if you're arming them, like we consider this an act of aggression and, and you need to stop because this isn't your war to be in. And the CIA admitted that, you know, that their tip that the, the Patriot missiles wouldn't upset the Russians, that they just made that up, and that that was just misinformation that they fed early on. And um, Scott Horton has done a lot of really good work kind of digging back into our relations with Russia and kind of how those things have happened. And one of the things he said was that, um, you know, the, the Soviet Union fell, what was that, like 91, I think. So yeah. the, the tail end of uh, George H.W. Bush's term. Yep. Then you get Clinton in office and you're moving into the 90s and everyone is seeing that NATO doesn't really have much of a purpose anymore. You know, NATO was really set up in case of war with the Soviet Union and now there's no more Soviet Union. Russia is a lot weaker. Um, yep. The whole yep. region has been drained because of what communism did to it anyway. Um, their economies aren't strong, anything like that. And everyone was talking about, you know, weakening uh, NATO, you know, possibly talking about disbanding, all of these things were going on. And the only people who wanted to expand NATO was Lockheed. And Lockheed was, were the ones who were able to go in and talk Bill Clinton into continuing this expansion of NATO because they thought that it would be a good thing. And that Bill Clinton sees these dollar signs and goes against the interest of all these people. You have generals who were preparing to go to war. I mean, they were preparing for World War III against the Soviet Union because of what the Cold War had led up to. And you've got these generals saying, no, it's disbanded. You don't need to expand NATO anymore. That's absolutely crazy. But Lockheed has enough sway and enough power in that system that they say, no, we really think that, you know, it would be a good idea if you brought more countries in NATO and you gave us, gave them more of our missiles because we've got these missiles to sell and, you know, they're not going to do any good just sitting here in our warehouses. We need to move them along the way. And they were able to cause this thing that has grown into, again, a, a possibility after 
you know, we, we avoided World War III by holding out long enough to let the Soviet Union fall. And then we're possibly pushing ourselves into it again by trying to expand NATO onto the borders of Russia. You know, right. and, and, and it's, yeah. it's common sense to the most cold, people that if, if Russia Cold War never, yeah, the yeah. Cold War never ended at just the Soviet Union lost. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, you know, again, you see how powerful a lot of those three letter organizations got and how big the military industrial military complex got um, in preparing for all that war. And we have significantly reduced uh, the nukes that we have in our possession and, and Russia did the same thing. And he actually talked about how at one point um, Ronald Reagan, they could have they could have completely disarmed all of the nukes. Right. And Ronald Reagan's uh, board wouldn't let him do it. And so he didn't. Um, and, and it was because they wanted us to stop working on our, um, what do they call it? Like the supersonic defense missile or whatever, right. the ones that they shoot into space. The Star and, Wars program. Yeah. And they, yeah. they asked us to stop publicly doing that just for a while, just to kind of let everything simmer down. And they wouldn't do it. And they held out to keep this this defensive missile program up and running. And it still doesn't work. It's never worked. So, you know, we're, we're 40 years ahead of time. And it's still something that we haven't even gotten any of the benefits from. And that was what could have disarmed the entire world, the nukes. And we wouldn't have to worry about this so much. But instead, they had to hold out because, you know, we, we, we can't, you know, give up one possible card in our hand that we might be able to use against them someday 50 60 yeah. 100 years down the line one of the things one of the things too like with the ukraine and yeah i'm going to touch a couple points garrett you had said you know like you know talking about you know the u.s with the ukraine and and you know one of the one of the thing and i was just trying to look it up who actually coined it and it's got like 15 different people saying that they coined that phrase that the first casualty of war is truth mm-hmm you know, so basically, you know, a couple months into it, the CIA is already admitting, hey, yeah, we, we killed truth a long time ago. And uh, <clears throat> but what we got here with with like, uh, you know, the whole Ukraine and we got Russia going in. What's happening in North Korea? You know, what is what's happening in in well places like Yemen and Somalia? I, I think we're still dropping bombs in Somalia. Um and, uh, you know, Yemen, I mean, we're, we're blowing the shit out of that country. You know, what's mm-hmm. happening in Libya? What's going on with the human, you know, slave trading, you know, in, in Libya? Yeah. You don't, you don't hear any of this because everybody's so focused on. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. There's, there's multiple different wars and stuff going on. It's, the, it's like they're focusing on this one for a reason. And that's, that's pretty odd. I mean, they can focus on so many different wars going on in the world right now. I mean, you know, I mean, they want to focus, you know, when Trump, when Trump was in and I'm going, I digress a bit here, but when Trump was in, you know, North Korea was the big, oh my God, you know, and it didn't North Korea just recently launch another missile. Um, Yeah. It's been, I think several, several weeks ago, you know, but nobody really talked about it. I mean, it was a blip, you know, and then, you know, it's like, what the hell, man, this is, this is insane. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, the Somalia thing, you know, what the hell do we got in Somalia? You know, why are we even messing with that little, you know, that, that war-torn country that, you know, still, I mean. Yeah, I you, do you know uh, uh, the movie Black Hawk Down? Yes, I know that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the bad guy, the bad guy in Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. you know, 
America armed and then supporting his son. Yep. In Somalia right yeah. now. <laughs> this bad guy son from Black Hawk Down. Like yeah. it's like, what are we doing, man? It's 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 not like I mean, it's not like we are going so much and 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 like helping these countries. It's like we're just feeding little fires here and there. So when we need to, we can send a shit ton of people in there, get a bunch of people killed, you know, and and then make a shit ton of money. These we keep these fires burning all the time, you know. I mean, there's no reason for us to be in Somalia, in my opinion. You know, there's no reason for us to be in a place called Togo, Africa. Ninety percent of the you know world's country or the world's people don't know where Togo, Africa is at. You know, but yet yeah, we've got a fire there. You know, that we, we always keep an eye on their government. We want to make sure the right one's in. Haiti is another one. You know, we're mm-hmm. always worried about coups in Haiti. You know, um, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's, it, it really concerns me that we are focusing so much on the Ukraine. And I mean, and, and for the wrong reasons, you know, Russia initially, if correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, Russia initially just wanted Ukraine to be basically neutral. Yep. They didn't want anything in there. Just leave it alone. We will leave them alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so well that didn't happen. No, NATO had to step up and hey, let's go in. We're gonna we're gonna get this, you know, so we can put our missiles here. You know, so that's why Russia invaded. Now Russia, who is Russia fighting? It's fighting the neo-Nazis. You know, they're capturing these guys. I don't, I, I've seen the videos, you know, coming out of the country. They're stripping these guys down. And, you know, they've got the tats. I mean, they've got, you know, the, the you know, the iron crosses and, the, you know, the swastikas and, and everything like that all tatted on their bodies, you know. So we're just supporting neo-Nazis, you know, and it kills me to see, you know, people like the chief of police or something like that flying a Ukraine flag, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, this is really, really bad because <laughs> nobody, everybody wants a cause, but nobody really wants to do the research into what is behind this cause. And that to me is the scariest part of this whole deal. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's really got me pissed off <laughs> just to say the least. So, but, um, I'll tell you what, man, I just looked and it is five o'clock. We've been on here for two hours now um <laughs> i apologize and uh you know garrett thank you very much for coming on but i'll be back yeah man I, I well like i said i listened to your podcast and i'm like man this guy's yeah he's still going on and then i looked at the date on it and i'm like oh no you know <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh but i hope you continue i yeah, really thank you really i really do. appreciate yeah. it yeah and uh, so if anybody out there, the three people that listen to this podcast, if you guys can check out making Garrett, uh, making America Garrett again, um, if that's I don't are you still going to continue with that one? Or you yeah, gonna, yeah, I'll okay. continue. I'll continue with that. I do have a, a good base and good followers. I'm sure I've lost plenty since I haven't done any episodes in about a year. But uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that and keep moving forward. Same kind of thing. Um, I think I might try to focus a little bit more on foreign policy because it can get so confusing. And I think oh, that, man. like you've talked about, you know, going in this whole Russian Ukraine thing and it's like, wait, Ukraine are the good guys. Wait, no, they're the bad guys. Wait, they're the good guys. And and then you come to find out, you know, we, we had like two or three attempted coups in their government and it didn't work. And so finally we had a coup that worked in 2014. And that's why the Russians part of the reason why the Russians are upset and, you know, people don't know any of this. All all they hear again, you know, on the TV is, you know, CNN, I heard on, on passing by a TV with CNN on today, you know, that they said that 
um, that, that Putin was just completely unpredictable, yeah. you know, and that they didn't know what was going to happen. And it's like, you were putting missiles on his border. Like, what right. do you mean he's unpredictable? <laughs> like he did exactly what anybody in their right mind yeah. would do. They, they pushed back, you right. know, the, the history. Cube, we, history started the day russia invaded like yeah that's how they act like. I, I think about like the, the cuban missile crisis we called it a crisis because somebody had nukes at our border you know yep. 90 miles away from florida pointed at our our borders and we yep. freaked out for good reason but then yep. we do the same thing to russia and putin's the madman like yep. get out of here yeah well putin kennedy yeah i mean the whole yeah yeah <laughs> bay of pigs yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I, yeah, I appreciate that. And Typo, thank you for showing up uh, late. But uh, <laughs> you're welcome, dude. I really wish Luke could have been on here too. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to Carr and uh, check out his podcast, uh, The Signal, right? That's what he's still doing. Yeah. The Signal, right. And new, the him and Bird and Rollo are all on, uh, damn it. Timeline Earth. Ah, timeline earth yeah tle right yeah if, if you're if you're out there listening go ahead and check them out too so oh yeah maybe check out biting the bullet but they're they're assholes so <laughs> okay the best kind of assholes that's right that's right <laughs> hey i'm gonna go ahead and cut this uh shut this down and uh, just give me a second here i'm gonna hit stop recording and thank you everybody this has been craig with the unbeaten path have a great day it is of no use going back no to yesterday because we were different people. Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking a break with me. I enjoy doing these episodes for everyone to listen to. I would like to take this opportunity to speak to you about supporting my podcast through Patreon. I have multiple tiers for you to help out with making uh, this unbeaten path a better podcast. Everything helps out. I will use this money to aid in the cost of doing this and to create a better sound and video quality as well as material. The entry level, T1, will get you early releases and entry into my Discord channel. Just go to Patreon.com, sign up, and look for The Unbeaten Path. Thank you again, and enjoy the rest of the podcast.